Grab a Torch podcast, the rundown and chat about reality show Survivor. Here we go. So good to have you here. Pull up a chair, sit on the floor. It's episode four. And we'll start with night seven. The epic aftermath of Tribal Council with Vati Tribe. Like I said, literally everyone was blindsided at this one. I am not at all happy that Jenny is gone. I thought she was so smart. I thought that she could end up winning the whole thing, but this game creates so many random situations that it's a whole lot of luck mixed in through everything else. So the tribe makes it back to camp without Jenny, and I love how Daniel right away said, it's been a very long night and he's not up for discussing things. He would prefer to do so in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to work. Daniel is so straightforward in many ways. I don't want to go to rocks. I don't want to talk tonight. Well, one out of two ain't bad, Daniel. Overall, everyone kept very cool heads. They're all into gameplay mode. Nobody wants to do any irreparable damage to relationships. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's not that they didn't speak truth, but nobody flew off the handle. Interview style, Daniel says, He made the decision to trust Chanel as his number one alliance and the trust wasn't reciprocated regarding voting out Lydia. But then he does say he feels like he totally screwed things up. So Chanel said she's disappointed that Daniel said she blindsided him when she didn't even vote and she didn't even say anything at tribal. Chanel did somehow manage to just sit back and keep herself out of the spotlight. But... Chanel did do something. She said Lydia had to go. She risked a vote she didn't have to risk. She said they had to split the vote, all of it setting off an avalanche of fun chaos. I really hope the best for Chanel, even though she makes some head-shaking decisions. Chanel also put it out there that Daniel told her Mike has an idol and didn't have a vote. It seems like she could have saved that for later if she needed it. Daniel was already being looked at so sharply by everyone. Mike's response was, wow, we're finding out a lot. So Hi and Mike go off together so Hi can explain that Chanel and Daniel told him to vote for Mike, that they were going to split the vote between Mike and Jenny, but Hi felt uneasy so he wrote down Jenny's name instead of Mike's. Mike said, I hope this is between me and you and that right now, Daniel is way far down on his list. Hi asked, can you work with Lydia and I? And Mike doesn't hesitate. He shakes on it, says, of course, I love Lydia. Interview style, Mike said he has to adapt or be a dinosaur, and that's made me change my opinion of him. He's not overly angry to a point where he can't think. He's not hanging on and staying stuck. And it's the same thing when he and Daniel talk. Mike just gets to the point, stays calm, no permanent damage. At least, not on the surface anyway. Mike might be much more strategic than I've given him credit for. 
I think Daniel is actually okay with how things turned out, despite what he's saying to his tribe, and despite even what he's saying interview style. I know it seems illogical to think that he's not worried about where he now stands, but having said that, why am I picturing a duck calm under the surface, playing a little frantic above the water? Daniel is my odd duck. Anyway, that's the wrap-up on Tribal Council, and now it's on to day eight and a reward challenge. So everyone gets their first look at Vati Tribe to see that Jenny was voted out, and Marianne's jaw dropped. I was waiting for Jeff to say, Marianne, you look heartbroken. What's going on? And for Marianne to say, Jenny was my crush. She was my kind of Asian woman. Instead, Jeff explains the challenge. The three players are attached to ropes that need to be unbraided. They then need to hook a boat carrying four balls, pull that boat to them. Once they've done that, they need to each make a basket with a ball. First tribe wins ten freshly caught fish. And since it's challenge time, it's also Taku tribe time and Jonathan the Amazing Talk. Not only is he one hell of an athlete, but he's a focused team leader. I'm assuming it was Jonathan who came up with their strategy, as he was the one running the show verbally. So where the other two tribes had their three players moving every which way to unbraid the ropes that they were attached to, Jonathan just stayed in the middle, eyes down on the braided rope, guiding each move with over, under, over, under. All he had to do was duck down whenever a rope needed to be moved over him, and the other two players switched positions around him. It was literally like watching a well-choreographed dance. They moved at speeds that made it seem like the other two tribes weren't moving at all. And on his second try, Jonathan was able to hook the boat. He did most of the pulling to get their boat in place, of course. He asked Marianne would she like to shoot first, calm and nice and in his element. Marianne made her very first try, and she jumped for joy at the feet, which was really cute and fun to see. I'm always so happy when anybody does great at challenges. Taku gets all four balls into their hoop while Vati is still tangled in their braided robe, and Ika is just a little bit ahead of that. Ika and Vati do not look happy at all. Dispirited may be the word. Again, with Jonathan in the mix, it's like a giant among children. Jeff asks Jonathan about their tribe finding their core, so Jonathan speaks highly and says they're a type four, which, what could he have said? It's not like he could hide the fact, and especially not when Jeff brings attention to him at every challenge. Except what is Jeff going to do? Ignore this incredible thing that is Jonathan that's happening this season? Anyway, I just didn't think it was that big of a goof-up on Jonathan's part. Had he gone more humble or somehow shifted the focus, it still is just too obvious a thing to hide. Anyway, the decent-sized fish turn out to be very large fish, and for just four of them, it almost seems like too much food at once. Jonathan acknowledges to his tribe what he said, and I wish he hadn't. I wish he would have just let it go. I don't think that anyone else would have brought it up to him. To be honest, Marianne shouting out all the different ways they could prepare the fish while the competition was still going on, that seemed a little out there. 
It was super funny, but it was also out there. All right, after the challenge at Ika Tribe, Romeo starts a fire, and Roxroy, as always, is there having something to say about it. Always the leader, the teacher, the coach. Oftentimes it's coming from a backseat driver position when he's not also doing any work. Either way, even if he is doing work along with the coaching, it's a hell of a lot to listen to nonstop when you're tired and hungry. It's also kind of a lot to listen to when you're not tired and you're eating popcorn. So Swathi and Tori sit at the beach and talk. Swathi isn't happy with the position she's in. She wants to start making move, so she tries to team up with Tori and suggests that they pull in Roxroy, which is just a bad decision right off the bat. First, Roxroy doesn't like the buzzing around and boom, boom, boom part of the game, and Swathi should know that by now. Also, Swathi seems to be the only one who's not annoyed with Roxroy's social game, whether that's strategical on her part or not, who can say? Tori flat out says she can't stand Roxroy, so Swathi feels like she has to spill the beans that Drea and Romeo said it's the four of them together, Tori is the one to go. This softens Tori's opinion, and so she goes off to sweet-talk Roxroy and gets an earful of, like, housekeeping complaints, basically. Like how he goes and gets firewood, and he gets food, and that's fine, he's not going to tell others to do it, yada yada. He's not playing the game so much as wishing he had a vacuum and a duster, I feel like. Roxroy did bring up to Tori about what if there's an advantage at play, so Tori asks, well, do you know about Drea's advantage? Which he did not. Nice going, Tori. Then when Tori tries to sway him to work with she and Swathi, he immediately stiffens up, says he hasn't committed to playing with anybody. Like, really? Day eight and you've not done any jibber-jabber? That's as good as saying, don't talk to me about anything strategy-wise because I am already committed and not available to you. So a bit later, Roxroy tells Drea he knows about her extra vote that Tori told him. And Swathi is right there to hear it all. Romeo then shows up, so Swathi has to do a quick changing of gears and return to saying that Tori is the biggest threat trust-wise. Basically, Swathi approached Tori to work together, but then that was the extent of Swathi's strategy. There was no game plan of what she wanted Tori to do or not do. It was just messy. I think Swathi didn't have enough perspective on how Roxroy's been affecting everyone else personality-wise, so trying to align herself with him, considering he's also the most unflexible player, that was always going to be a losing proposition in my mind anyway. Alrighty then, we are on to day nine, immunity challenge. Marianne works in the bunny rabbit mailbox thing, draws dead silence, and so it's challenge time. Yes, there will be more Jonathan the Amazing talk. So a boat of two tribe members are pulled by two other tribe members who are swimming, getting the boat to a tower where the boat riders jump and catch two keys, get back into their boat, and get pulled to another platform to work on a puzzle. The first two to finish are safe from tribal. So, of course, Jonathan is going to be in the water swimming and pulling the boat. 
But because the jumping off the tower and grabbing for a key thing needs a taller and more athletic person than Marianne, Marianne ends up swimming with Jonathan, which was very funny to see. Basically, Marianne ends up back by the boat herself, getting pulled along, doing her best to not get pulled backwards as Jonathan pulled the whole kit and caboodle. Taku tribe ends up winning, so jumping over to Vati tribe. Mike and Hai were the swimmers for their tribe and were utterly exhausted after making it to the final platform. It gave them something to bond over and Mike said, hey dude, I can't believe we did that to Hai. They hugged. Mike said, I love you, bro. No doubt it was sincere and all, but also what a great smart bonding moment to have. For Ika tribe, Swathi seemed to lack confidence with the puzzle, or she almost seemed like she was working in a bit of a daze or something. I really wish she would have pulled it together and gotten focused. Drea seemed much more focused and doing everything that she could do. So Vati came in second place, leaving Ika to head off to tribal council. I'm really glad that Vati is safe from tribal this week. This buys them some time to sort themselves out, mend some fences, put strategies together. I really cannot wait to see what they're all about next week. Last thoughts on Jonathan for this episode. He needs to have his own show after this. Someone this intriguing cannot just fade away. I'm a little bit horrified to hear how young he was, only three years old apparently, when his father would wake him up and make him do pull-ups, or that he and his brother would have to race one another up a mountain, and whoever lost had to do it three more times. Basically, his strength is like old wealth as opposed to new rich. It's foundational, there from the very start of his life. He's just a different kind of strong it would be fantastic if there weren't any demons that went along with being raised this way. Because what a great way to go through life. Not to mention the mental strength that goes along with all of the work that he's put in. Yep, Jonathan must get his own show out of this somehow. I can't have him just leave my life at the end of 13 weeks. Back at Ika camp, Roxroy is frustrated that his tribe keeps losing, but thinks that the vote will be easy. Tori has to go. The thing is, Roxroy, you're the biggest guy on the tribe. Just saying. So Romeo confronts Tori. Tori reads the tea leaves, changes tacts, and turns on Swathi. And I think that that was the moment she saved herself. Romeo then goes and tells Drea that they have to vote out Swathi, that she's playing both sides. They then share stories that Swathi is going around telling everyone, you're my number one, which was kind of funny, the hussy. Nobody is trying to be too covert about their chats, so Swathi picks up on the buzz real quick and tries to get her own buzz out there. Meanwhile, I'm sticking to the plan. Roxroy is just there somewhere dusting. I'm not sure. Anyway, then it's off to tribal. At tribal, Jeff asks Drea, what's the vibe of this tribe? I love how long Drea took to think about it, only she didn't look like she was thinking. I started to feel uncomfortable, like, did she just check out? Does she know that Jeff asked her a question? Is she like at IHOP somewhere eating pancakes? 
Anyway, she was thinking about it and finally said, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like we haven't become one yet. Tori and Swathi go back and forth for a little bit, trying to paint one another with the same brush, and then Dreas asked about what's going on internally, hearing them. Dreas says she's the main person trying to keep the team together, and it didn't seem like Roxroy loved that. It wasn't a huge reaction from him, but it was there. So then Roxroy speaks up like a father and says how proud he is of Swathi blossoming in this game, but... It's apparent by Drea and Romeo's expression that they ain't having it. In the end, Swathi ended up playing her shot in the dark, so I think the only person blindsided in this tribal was Roxroy, and in the end, Swathi was the fifth person voted out of season 42. I noticed Romeo a few times side-glancing Roxroy's way following the vote, but... I think it was smart of Drea and Romeo to have kept quiet about things, as far as Roxroy is concerned. He's not that great at shifting gears when gears need to be shifted, but now I can't wait for the next episode when the now smaller Ika tribe gets back to their camp in the dark. Alright, let me try to tie things up here. I would imagine that Vati tribe will be trying to sort themselves out after their own tribal fiasco. High and Lydia's bond feels more cemented now than ever. And they're the new power couple. I don't doubt at all that Mike wants to work with High and Lydia, except that he doesn't have a vote, which is a serious issue. If that boat comes along to each tribe to whisk someone away for the risk of vote hike adventure, then Chanel wouldn't be eligible to go. But if I'm remembering correctly, Lydia, Mike, Daniel, or High could go. Remember also, there's an amulet advantage out there that's shared between three tribes, Drea, Lindsay, and High. I'm not 100% sure how it can be played, but... I don't think there was anything about having to wait until after the merge. And right now, it's High who might want to activate it. With all three players still in the game, the power it would give him is an extra vote. So maybe somehow that comes into play? If Taku Tribe continues to win, they might be the ones picking who goes on the adventure for the risk of vote. The only Taku members eligible to go would be Lindsay or Jonathan. And then from Ika tribe, the eligible folks would be Tori, Romeo, or Roxroy. As for Taku tribe, there's not much to think about there for the moment, being the perpetual winners that they've been. If something goes sideways, I can see Marianne as being the most vulnerable, but I would love for all four of them to make the merge. What I would really love is to see Marianne amongst all of the players when it comes down to individual play. Ika Tribe is going to be fun to open up with next week. Fresh from the Swathi vote out. Roxroy is not going to be happy about the vote, but I picture him as someone easier to ask forgiveness from instead of permission for, so... I don't necessarily think that Drea and Romeo will have a tough time smoothing things over with him. Tori seemed really desperate not to get voted out, but then I've also seen her get really down and feel hopeless, so 
I'm not sure which Tori will end up with next week. Also, Drea has that extra vote, and she has the strongest alliance with Romeo. So between the two, there are three votes. Yeah, those two are going to be dangerous. Man, oh man, if they end up at next tribal, I could almost see Drea and Romeo deciding to vote out Roxroy over Tori. Hell, Tori could even go to Drea and Romeo and tell them, I know I'm at the bottom here, but wouldn't it be nice just around camp for a little while to not have Roxroy around narrating everything? Plus, Tori might be just about as athletic as Roxroy is in many regards, so she could try that angle as well. I just think Roxroy's social game is the one thing that the remaining three could bond over. Man, if Roxroy ends up going on that risk-a-vote hiking adventure and ends up with an extra vote, his ego could be intolerable, plus... Having barely learned about Drea's extra vote, he could be really dangerous for her. Yeah, there's always so much to talk about, but I guess that's it for this week. Or at least my brain-dead brain is saying that's it for this week. So, I am signing off. Thanks for hanging out. It's been a lot of fun, and I'll catch you next time. 